When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the official Tennis.com podcast featuring professional coach and community leader, Kamal Murray. Welcome to the Tennis.com podcast. I am your host, Kamal Murray, and we are live on location at the Chicago Men's Challenger. We've got two live guests. But before we get into that, let's talk about Wimbledon. It was looking pretty scary. We had an early departure of Coco Golf. No Federer, no Rafa, but Big Banks, Chris Eubanks, has emerged and become the feel-good story of this tournament. He has people glued to the TV sets, taking us on this wild ride with him all the way to the quarterfinals of the U.S. Open. We want to congratulate Chris and encourage him to keep going. Our first guest is a veteran on the tour, Ernesto Escobedo, who recently uh, decided to play Davis Cup for Mexico. But he's a player that's been as high as higher than 65 in the world and as low as 300 in the world. We talked to him about the ups and downs, life on the Challengers Tour, uh, some of his struggles, and what it's like to be top 100 in the world with wins over Schwartzman, Medvedev, TFO, Shapovalov, Isner, Sock, would be up and in and out of Challengers. Take a listen. Welcome to the Tennis.com podcast. I'm your host, Kamal Murray, and we are live on location with the veteran, <laughs> Ernesto Escobedo. Welcome to the show, uh, brother. Thank you, thank you so much for, for having me. Thank you, thank you. So I think I watched you play here years ago with AC Nielsen in Winneka. Did you ever play Winneka Challenger? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah I remember that coming up. Back in 2019? Yeah. Right? Yeah, 19. You were the man, and you're still the man. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to be, man. <laughs> it's, it's a long journey, man. So you look at, like, your journey, and, you know, always, like, as a coach, you tell players who you could tell they're really close. They just need a good week, a good draw, be healthy, the right hotel, the right food, the right environment, and really always being one week away. You look at, like, Chris Eubanks recently – second week of a slam when last year he was actually thinking about like quitting you know what i mean what keeps you going out here because the challenger tour could be tough some of the cities are small uh but you've been somebody out here that's been exemplified professionalism and perseverance what keeps you going i mean what keeps me going i mean it's, I, it's that's a good question i mean um whew, m many things you know I, I feel like i i have a fresh start you know, I started fresh a couple of weeks ago. It's been a tough journey for me, like for the past five or seven years, you know, I mean, seven years ago, I, I was top 165 in the world, you know. So uh, a lot of mental challenges throughout the whole year, but uh, what keeps me going is just, I love it now. Yeah. I love it. I, I just want to be present out there on the court. I just want to be in peace within myself. And I've I've I figured figured out that like at 27 years old, this this is what I want to do, you know. I mean, if I get get back to top 100 again, amazing. I I just want to keep uh, improving every day, 
every day and just uh, and just see how how it goes now you know because I feel like the past few years I've just been put I I've, I've been putting so much pressure on myself and like right now I I just want to play free and that's it so you think about you said right now I'm playing for myself and I want to enjoy it so when I was a kid my parents forced me to play because it was like convenient babysitting right so it was like free tennis down street from my school and it was like look we're not gonna come watch we don't care <laughs> But you're gonna play because it's free, and we need you to be somewhere. You come from tennis lineage, so it was part of your career when you started. It was like, okay, you gotta you gotta play tennis because your dad was a pro, your aunt was a pro. If you want to eat dinner, you gotta play tennis. Did it ever start out that way, or how'd you get into it? It was never that way. I mean, I, I have two older sisters, so like they started playing tennis, and then I just picked up the racket and just love love the sins. It, it was always a game for me. It was always a sport that like I just enjoyed being out there. Um, my parents never forced me. Of course, they were like very tough on me, but they never for forced me to play. And I, I think I lost that back in 2017, 2018 when I was top 100. I feel like um, I, I was just putting so much pressure about like my career rather than just uh, going out there and just having fun. Because um, since since I was young, it was this is what I I've always like wanted to do in, in my life. So it was nice just to have, a, like, a restart again. So I look at your career, and I look at wins. You got wins over Schwartzman, Medvedev, TFO, Shapovalov, Isner, and you beat Sok when he was top 10. So with a resume like that, and you had to, you're playing challengers with young guys who are coming up and looking at you like the veteran, given the fact that you've beaten all these people who have been in the top 20 at one point in their career, do you ever, did they ever ask you, like, man, how'd you do it? How, you know, do you ever uh, mentor them and say, hey, keep going because you're one win away or if you look at what I've done? Like, how does that go? Because when I look at the, the draws of the challengers, I look at you, I'm like, this dude is probably 5% away from being back at that level because he did it before. Yeah, I mean, uh, what, what can I say? Um, it's all about hard, hard work out there, you know? I mean, as a junior, I was never the best one out there. I was always, you know, like top 20, top 10, like in, in the 14s, 16s, 18s, you know, but I worked my ass off. I was I was in, in the gym since, since I was 10, 10 years old, pumping iron at, at, since I was 10, you know? So I just wanted to like work, work, work hard and that, that's how I got up to like top 100, you know? Just like work my ass off and just uh, focus on, on myself. So there's a lot of juniors out there that ask, ask me, like, what's the secret? There is no secret. Just get your ass to work, and that's it. Mm -hmm. So you won five challengers, right? And, you know, I coached on tour for eight years, uh, coached somebody to a Grand Slam title, Grand Slam final. And as a coach, you always know a week ahead. Okay, we're playing well enough to win. As long as we keep everything, no food poisoning, no bad hotel, no no bed bugs, no nothing crazy happens, no crazy relative shows up and like throws the whole chemistry off, we're in a good position to win. But you've won five challengers. What's different about those five weeks versus some of the other weeks that you didn't do well? You know what I mean? When you think about setting up the environment, you're like, this week I felt this, I was healthy, favorable draw, one person lost, that would have been a tough matchup in the quarters, kind of cleared the way for me. What's different about those five weeks when you win a tournament? I mean, I would say draws for, for sure help a lot, for sure. But uh, to me, it, it, it's all about my mental state of mind. You know, just, just like staying content out there, staying composed. I mean, in this matter today, I was down 6-2 in, 
in the first tie break, and I, I didn't panic. I came back and won six straight points. You know, so I just feel like I, I just have to keep myself in, in a good state, state of mind, and that's it. So you got a young relative coming up, Nava. Yeah, my cousin. Your cousin, Yeah, right? he's awesome, man. And how much of his development, right, did you take part in? And how much now does he lean on you as the big cousins? Hey, can we practice together? Can I lean on you? That kind of thing. Because one of the things that, you know, in this sport is not coincidental. You look at um, – Lindsey Davenport's kids doing well. Tracy Austin and Brandon Holt doing well. Um, I mean, there, there is a process of where the first person to kind of walk through the gates is like the guinea pig. And once you figure out how to get it done, there's like a smoother road and a direct path towards potential success. So how much do a role do you play in his development now? Well, to be honest, we're not super close i mean I've, I've i've known him since he was a kid i've always known that he's he's had talent for sure since he was six seven years old like raw talent 100 percent. we're not that close but uh i always uh wish him the best you know he's 20 years old he 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 just won a challenger two weeks ago so like he's he's playing well he's playing well for sure but if, if he ever reaches reaches out to me i'm there for him for sure so when the draw is made, right, as a coach, we're looking at the draw and we're like, okay, please let's not draw this person. Not because they're like number one in the world, <laughs> just because it's a funky matchup, right? Like a Monica Nicolescu. Yeah, you know what I mean? Where it's, like, it's like, <laughs> uh, let's not play her. Who's the one person that's currently top 75 that you match up well against that you think like, you know what, no matter how I'm feeling, I'm a bad matchup for this person. We always have a good match and it's a tough opponent. I mean, I would say it's TFO. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? I played him, what, four or five times or like on tour, uh, I beat, beat him every single time. <laughs> but the last time, I, I mean, he, he's playing so good right now. I mean, he, he could probably beat me now. But uh, but yeah, I just feel like I I I've I've always like matched well against him for sure. <laughs> so to reverse of that question, who on the Challenger Tour, even though you're the veteran and you probably you know can mentally make your way through tough matches, who's a young stud that you like? I mean, I'm not afraid of him, but I he got some funky stuff in his game, and I'd rather not play him. Who on the tour now? <laughs> I don't want to spill all the beans, but uh, <laughs> because uh, I I may play him soon, but I I would say Mo, Michael Mo. I played him since I was you know 16 years old. He's just a, it's always been a a tough matchup for me, just like his, his game, game game style, for some reason just like suits just doesn't fit me well. So hopefully one day I I could uh, figure him out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, let me tell you uh, the definition of professionalism and perseverance. Uh, always rooting for you. You actually always draw a crowd. Uh, last question is, you recently started playing for Mexico. Yeah. How did you make that decision to switch from being a U.S. player to playing for Mexico? Yeah, I mean, it's a long story, you know. I feel, I just feel like I have a strong con connection over there. I mean, like, my, my whole family is from Zacatecas, from, from, like, a very small ranch. So I try to go maybe, like, three to four times a year. Just, just to like see my whole family, and I've always wanted to like make the switch for many years. I'm, I'm glad that it happened now, 
Um, I just want to just uh, motivate kids over there just so that they could um, pursue their dreams, you know, that a anything is possible in, in, in this world. And, and yeah, I mean, I, I do have many projects now. Now that I'm playing for Mexico, uh, hopefully soon or like one day I could like open up a school mm. in my hometown okay. just to like help out kids. Yeah. Really cool. Well, man, look, we want to wish you luck for the rest of the year. I want to thank you for taking the time to come on the show. Uh, and keep going, brother. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Our next guest is a rising star, Andrew Fenty, recent graduate of the University of Michigan, friend to Francis TFO, product of JTCC. We had the opportunity to sit down with him live talk about life as a college student, what made him decide to go to college instead of turning pro after being top 10 in the world in juniors, and what he's looking forward to in his pro career. Take a listen. Welcome to the Tennis.com podcast. I'm your host, Kamal Murray, and we are here with one of the up-and-comers one of the young African-American players we are excited to sort of see make the transition from college to the pros. Andrew Fenty, welcome to the show. Yes, sir. So, three weeks out of school. What does it feel like to not have to play a match and then go hit the books and take oh, a final? Man. man, it feels good. <laughs> I mean, it feels good not to do any more school. Right. Oh, man. You, you have no idea. But, but, you know, now you kind of <laughs> got to do school because now you got to study a whole new thing, right? So now it's like... You're on a challenger circuit. You got to go play matches. And then you got days off, days in between, days between tournaments. Now you kind of got to go and study player because there's a bunch of people in the draw that you yeah. probably never heard of, never played. Oh, my God. Who were grounded European tour. Oh, my God. Dude, a lot of it is like I walk by people and I'm like, who, who is that guy? And the guy like won last. Like, I have no idea. Right. I don't I really don't know anyone. I don't know if that's a good or bad right. thing. I kind of like it. I just don't know you. Just I, play I the ball. Just play. And people are like, oh, yeah, that guy's good. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, I really don't know. I really don't know. So but, one, one of the arts to sort of starting out on the career, and you got, you know, good coach Courtney has been doing this, right, mm -hmm. is there's an art to, like, how many nights do we get – how many guaranteed nights do we get in the hotel? When do we have to leave? When do we got to go to the next stop? Yeah. Can we get in the dubs? <laughs> Can we, like, get in the main draw qualities? Like, you're almost homeless, when you're playing on a challenger tour yeah. and you're like trying to get as many room nights as possible yeah. before the next event, right? As we all try to make it, right? Uh -huh. uh, and one of the things I say for black players, we don't have like a lot of lineage uh -huh. in this sport to like say, here's the roadmap, here's how you work it, here's yeah. how it happens. Yeah. We kind of got to like figure it out like yeah. as we go. Yeah. Tell me about now you have it as like, man, how many, how many room nights did we get free at this one? Tell me about that experience where you're almost homeless. Well, I mean, like, in a way, yeah, but in a way, I'm like, okay, like, I know I'm in qualities this week. Like, I get a room for, like, a night or two, for sure. And now I'm like, at least I know that. But now I'm like, oh, shoot, I'm playing dubs? Like, I'm here longer. Like, right. I'm here longer. Like, so I'm pretty pumped about that. But I'm not, like, I guess it's just literally, like, survive in advance. Yeah. Survive in advance. And, like, if I win, like, like we, we, we're covered. We're good for tonight. <laughs> we're good for tonight. So, Yeah, that's, yeah. that's one of the things I think that makes this sport hard to break into. Because, like, NBA, you get there, you sign, got a mm -hmm. guaranteed contract, or at least a portion of it's guaranteed. But in tennis, mm -mm. it's like, bro, we like – Nothing guaranteed. Nothing guaranteed. Nothing guaranteed. Yeah, you got to, like, eat what you kill. Yeah. So you came up out of D.C. Yes, sir. Dad's a former mayor of D.C. Mm -hmm. Played at JTCC. 
had a lot of good examples. If Francis, Haley, I mean, y'all kind of had like a good crew. Mm-hmm. Tell me what that's like to grow up behind Francis and yeah. Franklin and sort of DK, Kudla, yeah. right? And be able to kind of see them grow yeah. up. I, mean, I can only imagine trying to practice with Francis is probably the most like hardest thing to have a serious oh practice with. Oh my God. Well, I mean, so I feel like the first thing is I would not be here without those dudes. Like, honestly, real talk, like, if I didn't have them, I don't know where where I would be. But for Francis, I mean, I just remember whatever he did, like, I really just wanted to do. Whatever. Like, I just remember watching him being, like, that young dude. Like, man, he did good at this tournament. I want to do good at this tournament. He won that tournament. I want to win that tournament. And that's how it kind of went. And, and, you know, Francis is kind of, like, in the shadow. But we were always talking, like, always texting. You're always giving me support whenever we're back in the city. You're always training. So it's super cool, and it's super cool to have someone like that. And same thing for Dennis, too, whenever I see him. And, and they always want to talk, always want to help. So it's always it's a little bit competitive. Like, obviously, when we're there, like, like honestly, I, I've won one set against Francis, one set against Dennis, and I've lost about 30. <laughs> like, I, like, I will never – I don't think I can beat those guys. They will not lose. They will not lose to me. They will do whatever it takes. Oh no! They got, We've gotten to some crazy arguments with both, both crazy. Yeah, <laughs> super funny though. The young yeah. pup. You can't lose to the young. No, pup. you can't lose the young bull. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you had the opportunity to play almost all the junior slams. Yeah. Junior play all. All junior slams, and a lot of times, if you play all four junior slams, you're kind of like on the trajectory to go pro, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but some people say, you know what, if I Winner Junior Slam, I go pro. If I get to the quarter, then I go to school. So what was sort of the deciding factor? Senior year, you're playing all the slams. Mm-hmm. What was sort of the decision to go to school and not try to go right to the tour? Well, I mean, I, I honestly, I, I always, when I played juniors, I always thought I was going to play pro. I always wanted to. I was like, oh, man, this is my dream. This is this is why I train. This is what I do every day. And, you know, I you mentioned my father. My father always told me that, the most important thing that you'll get in this in this life is education. So he, he I really think if I won a Grand Slam, I still would go to college. <laughs> I really, like, I promise you, I really, I th- actually think he told me that. Yeah. Even if you win a Grand Slam, you will still go to college. You're number one. You, you play US Open Maine. You're going to go to college. You're always going to go to college. So he was really set on that. And honestly, I really thank him for that because now I see like I'm 23 and I, I really appreciate the, the, uh, the degree. So you probably had a bunch of options. Besides Michigan, mm-hmm. who was the other school you were considering? I was considering uh, USC really heavy, USC, California, Southern California. I really liked that school. Because you see people who grew up in the north. I'm grew up in Chicago. You grew yeah. up in the north, and you're like, yeah, I'm ready to get out of this snow. I'm ready to go south, Yeah. right, yeah. or west, yeah. right? But you went to the Midwest. No, I went dark. Where the snow is like. <laughs> oh, it's even colder. It's even colder oh, and man. the snow is even taller. Oh, you know. So how'd you, <laughs> how'd you decide? Man, I took a visit. I took a visit and uh, it was just, it was just amazing. Uh, they did, it, they did, it tricked you had you come Ohio State, Michigan football game weekend. It was like, yeah, every weekend is like this. <laughs> Dude, we went like in the summer. It was like, it was like 80 or whatever. It was so hot. <laughs> but I was like, oh man, this place is unreal. But I, I just felt really wanted there and i felt like you know at the time they they we weren't as established as a university and i want and i felt wanted and i wanted to be a part of something something different and you know that's what uh that's why they recruited me um 
So I always ask this question because when you play junior slams, right, the kid that wins it probably does go pro, right, Mm -hmm. most of the time. But along the way, you play people when, like, now you're in college looking like, oh, man, I used to bust his ass, right? Or I I, I, I used to clean his clock. Or (laughs) I got a winning record against him, right? Or I lost four and four against him. (laughs) Who on tour now, Mm -hmm. uh, historically, have you matched up well against the names that we recognize? Dude, that's so funny. I got a, I got a couple wins over Felix. Oh, oh Felix <laughs> Yeah, Felix. I remember we played. We played. I actually, yeah, we played a lot uh, growing up. We did a lot of events together. Felix, Brooksby, uh, uh, Baez. The, the Brooksby forehand. Oh man, he's a nightmare. He's a nightmare. He's a nightmare. But we had a couple battles. Sarundolo, the yeah, Sarundolo. Baez, uh-huh. Sebastian Baez. Uh-huh. I had a lot of uh, had a spent a couple of time, a couple of matches together with okay. him. Oh man, on the clay. Oh yeah. Oh clay. yeah, bro. It's real. <laughs> <laughs> so you you ever sit out? We ever sit in the college, sitting in school, like man, uh, maybe I should leave because if they doing well, oh, they swagging. Maybe I can go ahead and do it. Yeah, I mean it gets tempting, and you and you think that, but I mean there's a reason why they're there. They work. They work there. They work so hard too, and and I guess you know my time will come, but yeah. So conversely, mm-hmm. who probably doesn't have the results you have? Maybe hadn't gone to a, a big school like Michigan, mm-hmm. but just growing up just gave you a fit. Like right now, he could be working on Wall Street. He'd take off his uh his dress shoes, put on his gym shoes, and still give you the business. <laughs> I don't know. If this is a, a big one, but I dude, I could. My teammate actually, I couldn't. I had actually like I really don't think I could beat him. This Andre Styler, he's working. He's actually working now. But I, we played. I he's think working we, a corporate job now. Yeah, <laughs> he just final NCAs. But I could not beat this dude. Like we played. I think we played every Tuesday. We played every Tuesday at school, and I won one time. And he just like in four years. Every time, <laughs> every time, like every time, seven six, like <laughs> like and just winning, winning every time. It was amazing. So, uh, what advice does Francis give you, right? Because the challenge mm-hmm. tour could be hard, and you see a lot of people sort mm-hmm. of tap out, you know, mm-hmm. especially if you got a degree from a great school like Michigan yeah. uh, or USC or some of these other, you know, tennis schools are all, like most of the good schools are all great academic schools as well. Yeah. And along the way, you meet people who have a lot of uh, relationships, connections, right? So, mm-hmm. like, tennis players, I feel like, are never, like, make it or bust, make it or I'm homeless. They're always kind of, like, Met a few people along the way that will help us out, give us a good job. We got, you know, ed- great education. Yeah. So what advice did Francis give you on starting out and breaking in? Wild cards help. Wild cards help, of right. course. <laughs> of course they help. But um, kind of just, like, just keep working, man, and, and, and not – and don't be upset or don't give up after, you know, a couple losses, you know, early. Like, that, that, that's not, that's not going to set your – that's not your whole career. It's just the beginning, like, and it takes time to get used to. But uh, one thing he told me, actually, I when I remember this, he was like, "You gotta uh, do well in doubles. Actually, doubles will build your confidence, and uh, just like playing and and just keep playing, man. Just keep playing and keep going. Uh, don't give up. And yeah. So you've got roots. To overseas, right? You got Jamaican roots, you got British roots, 
uh, the American sort of Davis Cup team is sort of stacked. Now, everybody yeah. want to do well. You got TP, you got <laughs> Isner, yeah. you got the Bryan brothers who keep popping up, yeah, right? Yeah, you know what I mean? They show up for the next 10 years and play dubs. Yeah. Uh, Jack Sox still there, yeah. TFO. I mean, it's just like. Everyone, Fritz. Everybody, Opelka, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Fritz. Yeah. I mean, geez, right? Yeah, so many. Have you ever thought about playing Davis Cup for another country? Jamaica or London? Have I ever thought about it? Seriously, not really. I feel like I feel like I did so much with the USDA that I can't. But I mean, <laughs> it is fun to think about the UK. My mom's from uh, England. She's born and raised there. But I think I. I mean, it would be super funny to like play Wimbledon and like right. wild, wild card and that. That'd be so sweet. But um, I feel their like, Davis Cup. I feel like British players only play well during the grass court season. Most, you know, some of like the ones that we like, maybe are Katie Bolter. <laughs> those kind of people yeah. where it was like, but it's like six weeks. They're they play fired. really well. And then They're you kind of don't hear from them for like the next They're so tapped year, in. right? So, yeah. Well, like a British wild card. And like, even if they're 300 in the world, yeah. if they play on court three or court one, that yeah. thing is full, right? Oh Different than like God. American US yeah. Open. Yeah. And you can have an American play on court 17 US Open mm. and the place be empty, <laughs> right? But in like London, any court with a Brit on it no, is going to no. be like an Olympic kind of thing. So that might be kind of tempting. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. If like Americans keep doing well. And I mean, it. Wimbledon sounds tempting. Wimbledon sounds tempting. Wimbledon wild card sounds yeah, tempting. Yeah, yeah. Right? But I, I got to play on grass. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. um, well, man, let me just say. So one of the reasons why, um, you know, we kind of do these tournaments in Chicago is because, A, there's no black tournament promoters in ATP. Yeah. This is the only one. Yeah. Uh, and I always feel like it's important to have representation because then you can also provide provide wild cards For sure. to people that look like you. Mm -hmm. uh, so I wanted to like, A, congratulate you on a great college career. Uh, I think before, college was like the graveyard to a pro career. Yeah. And I think you're like an example of, it's not. You know, it could just be a, a space where people can grow and develop and get bigger and get size. Uh, so I want to wish you luck. Yeah. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you, man. And uh, anything you need, <laughs> you know, let me know. For sure, man. Thank, Thank you. This has been a Tennis.com podcast with Andrew Fenty. <laughs>